there's a huge, huge difference between being in Bradenton, Florida, around the ball club, and kind of trying to track them from afar. And I'm going to explain the biggest difference to date this year. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. I'll be heading down to Bradenton after the coming weekend. I'll be down there all next week. I'm looking forward more than anything to seeing, to feeling how O'Neill Cruz is coming along. I don't want to condense the entirety of any and all analysis surrounding this club to just one player, but why not? I mean, is there any way to overstate the impact of Cruz either being completely himself or, you know, risking a recurrence of the injury? I don't even like saying that out loud. This is an extraordinary player. This is a freak talent. This is someone who I can promise you everyone else in Major League Baseball is looking at and saying, man, wish we had one of those. I think even the Reds will over time, but I didn't say that. Okay, let's just let that one play itself out. I look at what he's done to date when active. And I see someone for whom the ceiling is set so high that anything short of superstardom is going to be probably a fair disappointment. You hate to say that about anybody. You hate to put those kinds of expectations on anybody. But just watch him round the bases. Watch him throw from short to first. Watch him, excuse me, a home run 440 feet deep off the center field batter's eye. And that's the context. That's the world in which Cruz lives. I don't know that in the time that I'm down there, I'll be able to take my eye off him. And I'm not even just talking about in the field. I'm talking about walking around in the hallways, walking around in the locker room, joking around, uh, playing around, horsing around with his teammates. Will he look excessively cautious? Will it look as if he's being told to be excessively cautious? So far, the little video clips and the occasional scenes that emerge from Pirate City, whether that's Cruz in the box, whether that's Cruz out at short, Cruz rounding the bases, and that's pretty much all you're going to see in a mostly relaxed setting, the way the first 10 days of spring training always are, it's encouraging. It's just encouraging because it feels like with every additional one of them that I see, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable. I'm not feeling as if every step is going to be his last. You know what I'm saying? And I can imagine this poor kid had to go through that for months. Every single time he did something that he hadn't done before in his rehab, he had to think to himself, he had to have it at least cross his mind, maybe, maybe this will be the one that does some damage. And when he had that setback that you'll recall that kept him from returning to the lineup in 2023, and Todd Tomzik, the head of sports medicine for the Pirates, 
described Cruz as plateauing. It's probably not the word that Todd wanted to use. Todd's usually pretty careful about that kind of stuff because plateauing means one thing in the medical world and it means something else when people like me and you hear it. Plateauing just sounds like, yep, that's it. He's on a plateau. He's not getting any better. He's done. Forget it. When it meant that he had just ceased making progress at a certain point and needed to take a little bit of a breather before he resumed. Well, he resumed and then he resumed the real stuff, participating in instructional ball. And now, apparently, with a few additional months to boost that recovery, he's in spring training, apparently at 100%. What is this player worth to one team over one season? And yeah, I know there are advanced metrics for this sort of thing, specifically the WAR metric, wins above replacement player, and they'll count your wins. They'll count how many extra wins you provide to your team. And the number is usually something really, really low. I think we all like to think of team sports differently. We all like to think of great players as meaning a ton of wins. When in fact, especially in baseball, when there's 26 players competing daily over 162 games, it's difficult to have any supercharged impact on the process. But, again, this is a special talent, and one with a very high ceiling, and one who, when he's back in that lineup, and he's doing the stuff that he can do, it does raise the overall tide. I'm reminded, boy, I wish I could give you the name, and I don't want to hazard a guess at it. There was a player who told me, This was a couple of years ago. They went into Wrigley Field playing pretty well. And there was a little bit of a strut to the team. It might have been Jose Quintana, but don't hold me to that, okay? What he said was, as we walk in here, as we walk into this stadium, we all walk a little taller because we're walking with him. Now, that might sound like a reference to his height. It's not. It's to that presence that he has. It's to that we have one of these and you don't factors that the Pirates had whenever Cruz was at his best nearing the end of the 2022 season. I am not going to be an idiot here and suggest to you that Cruz can overcome having only three starting pitchers or that he can overcome the lack of instruction for both the hitters and the pitchers at the top level. I am saying that he represents the king of all swing votes in baseball. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park.
Today's J1Q comes from Johnny, who says, DK, I'm interested in your thoughts on Jared Triolo not having any stats in front of me. I always respected his play last year. He seemed to be a solid infielder and one of the few consistent hitters. I know he didn't have a lot of pop, but it seemed like he was making contact more often than not. And getting on base. I always start my day with daily shots of Pirates, Steelers, and sometimes Penguins. Thank you. I appreciate that, Johnny, and I love the sometimes Penguins notation because they've been a little bit rough of late. I'm going to do the same thing you did with Triolo. I'm going to come at you with no stats in front of me either. And here's the impression that I got. First off, you say he seems to be a solid infielder. I'll go a lot further than that. The people in that clubhouse will tell you that they see Triolo and Kibrian Hayes on a similar plane. That's not to say that anybody's key. Uh, key might be the best defensive player at any position in the game right now. And as good as Triolo's been in the minors, as elite really as he's been in the minors, Almost all of that's been at third base. He's not going to see a ton of action at third if Key's healthy. So you're going to see him move around. You did see him move around in 2022. You saw him at second base. You saw a little bit of him at first. You also saw that especially at first, he was able to make very quick adjustments to a position he had not previously played. He was able to learn a lot of footwork stuff, a lot of angle stuff that he was basically being taught on the spot. Now, that's obviously to the credit of the instructors, but you've got to absorb it, and you've got to absorb it very quickly, and he did. Offensively, I think this is where Triolo is more interesting. Not to say that he's going to be better at it, but more interesting. He had the hook of his hammock bone removed last year. I'm not going to gross you out and get into what all that is. It's a bone, basically, that we as humans don't need. I don't know why the cavemen needed them, but <laughs> the usage ceased after a few millennia, and it's now disposable. Unfortunately, for hitters in baseball, it can get in the way. And for some of them, it has to be literally removed. When this happens, it's considered to be a minor procedure. Pedro Alvarez had it removed, you might recall, a few others over the years of lesser profile. When this occurs, the player will lose a big chunk of their power for a span of four to six months. So uh, even a player like Pedro, who was hitting home runs in his sleep. In fact, it was the only thing he could really do at the plate. He was popping out to the warning track. In Triolo's case, he never had that much power, but he had some, and it was sapped last year because of this procedure. Near year's end, though, you started to see those leaving the yard. And more to the point, given his approach at the plate, you started to see a lot more just really solid, strong contact. You know what I'm talking about? He would really let it fly sometimes. And that's where he's interesting. The one thing I'll add is that his teammates love him. He was one of the guys who was mentioned to me by several players 
in spring training last year as a player to watch out for. Brian Reynolds told me he's a guy with a really bright future, both offensively and defensively. Jack Sawinski told me he was going to be the next big thing. I don't know if that was taking it a little far, but Kutch had a kind word about him, too, and it came unsolicited. It was just, have you seen Triolo? So there's a really, really positive vibe about him, but that's going to be doubly true, I believe, this spring, since he's completely in the clear from a health standpoint. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.